This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry. Once again, I'm joined by the Daily Records and the Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer, Scott McDermott. We're going to look back over the 3-0 Champions League defeat to Napoli at Ibrooks and look ahead to Saturday's Scottish Premiership clash with Dundee United. Guys, how are you? Good, Gav. Very well, Gav. You? Good, thanks. Right, well, let's start, first of all. I mean, obviously, defeat to nil. Another one that's, what's that, 11 goals conceded, none scored in the last three games. But let's start with the positive, Andy. First of all, it has to be said that the performance, 3-0 on paper is not good, especially on the back of those two defeats. But the performance, first of all, was much improved, wasn't it? Attitude, endeavour, a bit of heart, a bit of fight. Yeah. Everything's been lacking. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was night and day from the first game, the first game in the group against Ajax. Um, you could see from the first minute that they'd set a much more aggressive, um, they were setting their stall out in a much more aggressive way. Um, they, they would try to get Napoli's faces. They pressed them high. The tempo was good, and I think that the big, you know, frustration for the for the squad and for. Uh, Gio Van Broncos will be is that if they I think if they kept eleven players in the pitch, I'm not saying they won the game, but I certainly think that they, they could have made it a lot more difficult for Napoli. Obviously, losing James Sands uh, with the extra space and the quality that Napoli have, they were just able to to, to expose that. And you know, I think three 0 was was pretty harsh in the end. Although in saying that, you know, Al McGregor did have to make a a number of great saves, including the, obviously the, the two penalty stops that he makes, and he's mm-hmm. fingertip away from. From keeping the, the third one out, um, but you know, I think you know that's got to be the bare minimum for this team going on. We, we've seen what happens uh, against decent opposition when they don't commit to those kind of energy levels, those determination levels. They're just far too easy to play against, as, as Ajax and, and Celtic proved. Um, when they play to that pace, that tempo, that ferocity, they are a decent side. They are a difficult side to compete against. Um, but they, they need to go on with that sort of uh, that mindset in every game. If, if they come off that, they're, they're just far too easy to pick off. Um, I'm sure you're going to go into issues like the team selection, even the goalkeeper. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the, the team selection um, raises huge question marks over the way things have been running at the club right now. And um, I suppose we'll, we'll go into that in a moment. Yeah, but that's the thing, Scott. I mean... Nobody's saying that it's not a big jump to Champions League level and the Ajax game was a huge test, especially with Rangers not having been on that stage you know, for for so many years. So it was going to be a bit of a learning curve. But, I mean, if you look at Celtic against Real Madrid, two lost by the same scoreline the previous week, you know, lots of praise for their performance, you know, but they still went down by the same scoreline. And that's, that's the thing about, 
you know, the Napoli game is that you can lose. But if you lose in that manner, it's okay. You just can't lose in the manner they did against Celtic and Ajax. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Ajax game was a was a humiliation. And it wasn't just the, as we touched on last week, it wasn't just the result or the goals they lost. It was a, it was a lack of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Conor Goldson pretty much said that in his post-match interview last night that, he said after the Napoli game, they could at least look themselves in the mirror and feel as if they'd given everything, suggesting that they certainly couldn't do that. Um, they couldn't do that in Amsterdam because it was because it was miles off it. Um, Andy's right; they, they were far more at it last night. Um, set their stall at high up the pitch to go and try and press Napoli. There was a real intensity about them. You said that there was an endeavour that simply wasn't there in Amsterdam. It was a different type of performance. And you know, for an hour, you have to say they, they were competing against a top, top team, by the way, I think. And Napoli, are, I mean, it's early days in the competition, but I can certainly see them qualifying out of this group and um, going far in the Champions League with some of the players that they've got. And that was them without Awesome and up front, obviously, who's going who's gonna to come back. So against a top team, you know, a level above, most of the teams they faced in the Europa League last season, they did compete for an hour. You no, know, they, they took a few risks. They got away with a couple of things. But as Andy says, they could have scored as well. They they, they rattled Napoli particularly early on in the game. Um, so that was really pleasing. But of course, you know, the big decision for the for the first penalty and the sending off changes the whole dynamic of the game. And uh, even when McGregor saves the the, the two penalties. You just felt with ten men, Napoli were, you know, they were too good not to exploit those spaces that were going to be that were going to be left. And it was no real surprise to see them going get you no know, two and three goals. And I say that because the third goal it wasn't a three 0 scoreline. I mean, Kam- Glenn Kamara absolutely gifts a third a third goal with you not know, a bit of kind of horrendous play, trying to beat his man in his own in his own half, gives them a a, a third goal, which makes the scoreline. Looked pretty bad, but it certainly wasn't a 3 0 game. So, Andy, if Connor Goldson is hinting, or sorry, not hinting, if he's saying that, you know, we couldn't look, look ourselves in the mirror after the Celtic games, the Ajax games, you know, but we can now. What, I mean, who take, who's to blame for that then, for, the, for the, the, the lack, for everything that was missing in those previous two games and that suddenly they turn up, you know, against Napoli? Is that is that a manager thing? Does that come from within with the players? It can only be the players. I mean, uh, you, you don't imagine that Van Bronckhorst has set the team up in a wildly different way this week to the last, or given them hugely different instructions um, from from the Celtic Nyx games uh, to to, to uh, the other night. This has to be the players setting their own level of performance, their own level of effort and determination. Um, obviously, it helps playing at home. Those two games are away. You know, the crowd, uh, mm-hmm. the atmosphere. Last night was, you know, incredible given all the emotion around it following the passing of um, Queen Elizabeth. But, you know, the players have to, and they've done it, you know, they've done it plenty of times previously, going to tough venues and, you know, maybe you can't hear the away support so much. You know, they, they were able to raise their game and, and put on a top level performance. For whatever reason, they just haven't been able to do that these last two away games. Um the big test will go when they go to places like Anfield or, and obviously go to Naples in, uh, I think it's December, uh, November. So can they, can they take these 
this level of performance um, to, to some really, really tough venues mm-hmm. and, and, you know, at least make themselves competitive. I mean, you're looking at this group now and to be honest, I think you're, you're looking going, Rangers might struggle to get a point in this group. This might be a, a really bleak set of results. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the financial boost of getting to the Champions League will be huge. Um, but in terms of what it does to morale and confidence, this could be a sore group, just judging by these two first games, because as, as well as Rangers played last night, at this level, if you make the most, you know, the slightest mistake, they are ruthlessly punished, and that's what Rangers are finding out right now. Yeah, but... I, I, agree with, I agree with Andy, Gav. It has to be the players, mm-hmm. those two games. I mean, there was something wrong, whether it's players not happy about certain things, no players not happy about being left out, maybe not happy about well, set up at set plays, no we know there's been an issue but the Zono Martin I think we changed it back last night, looked a bit more yeah. more more secure last night in that sense. Yeah. There, there has to have been issues there. But no, there was a Morelos issue as well. We don't know how players reacted to that, but something wasn't right. No, Celtic away and Ajax away. Um even the Celtic game, I mean Van Bronker said after the game. That he drilled it into them. There's no reason to, to disbelieve him. He drilled it into them about quick, quick corners, quick free kicks. Once they're over that white line, what, what's he meant to do? If players don't react or they're slow to react or you know, they can't make tackles or you know, they don't switch on, that's completely down to the players. And I think there has been issues in there, whatever they are, in the last kind of 10 days or so, two weeks. And you know, the game being off last weekend... I think they've had a chance. Golden said it again last night post match that you know, there'd been a lot of harsh words said, a lot of difficult conversations. I think that was a phrase he used. It sounds to me as if some some issues behind closed doors have, have been ironed out between players and management. Um and it was certainly a much improved performance last night. You certainly you know one thing you couldn't accuse of me last night was a lack of a lack of effort and endeavour. And as Andy says, that has to be the bare minimum going forward. Yeah, I see. I see Craig Moore was uh, being interviewed on Sky Sports today, talking about the kind of issues, and that's what he says. He says maybe something happening behind the scenes that we're not hundred percent on. Do you think that then, Andy? That there's maybe deeper, deeper issues here. So I think in every workplace, there's always going to be, you know, differences of opinions, people falling out, mm-hmm. you know, players not all, you know. We've seen it enough times in other clubs that you know players don't always get all along with everyone that they work with. Um, you know, I think obviously you know it came ahead with Morelos. Um, what we're led to believe that it was you know some of the first team players um, either backed the, the the manager's decision or, or had some sort of input into the manager's decision to drop him, um, depending on the reports at the time. You, you if you wanted to look back. Um, so, obviously, to be a, a harmonious uh, team that's all pulling the same direction, you do need guys to sort of not play with a selfishness, not play with uh, thinking about themselves, but to put the team front first and foremost. And I think you saw a better example of that last night. That looked to me like a team that was at least for the first you know hour before the sending off comes in that was that was was together and was was trying to play for each other. Um, it didn't certainly didn't look like that at times in in uh, Amsterdam. It didn't look like that at Celtic Park. So, you know, this has to be, as I say, this has to be the, the template for Rangers go forward. If they slip below that, they know what happens. They, they've got no more excuses now. They know that 
if they are not at it absolutely every week, especially at this level, then the punishments are, are pretty severe. I mean, even as I say, as, as good as they were, as I say, for an hour uh, last night, it still wasn't enough. They still came away with a pretty sore defeat. Um, that that's just life at, the, at this level, and it's it's, it's been a pretty tough, pretty uh, cruel uh, lesson so far. In that. See, that's the other thing, Scott, Craig Moore said today, he said, I mean, well, we know ourselves, but he says there's been too many false dawns. Uh, there's hope of turning a corner with a better performance, you know, but it's not been backed up because, you know, the PA, obviously, you get the, there was obviously the result away to Union San then the win at home to the Belgian team, then you think, right, okay, they're going to kick on, then there's another couple of stumblers, and then it's, you know, the win in Eindhoven, but don't seem to kick on from that. Does that worry you when you see a trend like that, that, you know, when they don't kick on, that maybe the issues are bigger? Yeah, it worries me that I don't think Rangers have been at it for the whole season. Uh, I don't think at any point. People say, oh, well, you know, the PSV games, and I suppose PSV at home, they were decent. Still conceded two poor goals from, from corners. The PSV away game was obviously the big one. And listen, they played well that night. Take nothing, take nothing away from them. Difficult venue, big pressure, you know, so much at stake. But you no, know, they got a wee bit of luck with the goal in terms of the you no know, PSV kind of almost gifting them the the goal for, for Cholak. Um that has been their one big performance this season. I don't think I don't think Rangers have been at it since since the first game. I mean the, the, the performance away in Belgium that you touched on was was an absolute shocker. Um Amsterdam, Celtic Park. I don't even think some of the some of the league games uh, haven't been great. Me and Andy were at Livingston where they only turned up second half. Um and obviously got the victory. Hibs away wasn't great either. I just don't think they've been at it since the start of the season. I think there's there'll be various reasons for that. And I think one of the main ones is that I just don't think the squad's been improved upon, uh, been improved on on last season. I think if anything, you're now looking at the signings that have come in and the players Rangers have lost. I think of losing Balogun, Bassey and uh, Aribo, as well as obviously injuries to guys like Halanda, Haji, Roof, to name a few. Um, I think the squad looks weaker this season. So, well. You hope when they bring seven new signings in that they're going to kick on for last season, they're going to going to go and get better. But when these new signings aren't playing, or when they are playing, they're not good enough. And you actually look weaker than you did last season. And you need to keep going back to the same guys that have been there for you know, three, four, five years. I think it's going to be a struggle, especially when Celtic are playing the way they're playing. And obviously bringing guys, they're bringing guys in who are having an immediate impact. So... Getting back to your original question, I, just, I think it's a worry. Right now, it is a worry that Rangers haven't been at it at all this season. And the squad, to me, looks weaker than it was last season. So, of course, going forward, you're already trailing Celtic with five points in the league. You're toiling at the foot of the your Champions League group, which is, which is tough, granted. But that's the worry going forward. Last night was, was an improvement, of course, mm-hmm. in Amsterdam. The effort and endeavour was there, but my God, they've got a long way to go before, you no, know, before really kicking on and and showing what they're showing what they're capable of. So, so, Andy, 
I was just going to say, not just as as it scored weaker, it's another year older. I mean, this mm -hmm. team, nine of them played for Gerrard's team in the first, uh, yeah. Gerrard's first year. Five of them started Gerrard's first game. I mean, this is a squad that we've been saying for a couple of years now needs refreshed. Yeah. And the, even and the thing that really should concern the, the punters is that well, even when they bring in seven new year, look like we all thought at the start of the season that this is them, this is them starting that process of renewing the squad. Mm -hmm. The guys that come in aren't as good as the guys, you know, aren't as good as a 37-year-old Stephen Davis, who was still one of the best performers last night. Right. Still not as good as a 40-year-old Alan McGregor. You know, still not as good as a James Tavernier who's been there six years. You know, Ryan Jack's been there. In fact, well, Tavernier seven years, Jack six, uh, five years. Ryan Kent as well. Yeah, so, I mean, these are, you know, these are positions that should have been, or guys that should have been transitioned out a couple of years ago and replacements brought in. And, yeah, here we are, Rangers still relying on guys that have been there far too long, frankly. I mean, you know, Stephen Davis is a tremendous servant for this club. But he shouldn't be starting a Champions League game against a team that's top of Serie A because at, at 37 year old. Twelve years ago, Rangers last played a group stage game and McGregor and Davis played yeah, in it against Man U. That was the last time they played against Ibrox. I mean, as good as he is, and he was he was quality last night for, for an hour. But you know, you saw once the legs start to go, but once the stamina levels start to drop, mm -hmm. they just that's when Napoli will pick them off. And obviously they'll have an extra man adds to that too but you know rangers really look like a team that is in desperate need of fresh blood and fresh blood that will play every week there was a feeling last night irrespective of the result of being down to 10 men there was a feeling last night when the subs came on leon king apart because he's a young talented young player um when the subs came on it actually made rangers look worse well it actually made rangers look weaker chola isn't as good a player as morelos Matondo isn't as good as Arfield. No, even Kamara coming on. No good enough. Tillman coming yeah, on. Two goals, Kamara, as soon as he comes uh, on. You know, so. Tillman as well. Listen, I know we gave Tillman a bit of praise at the start of the season when he was showing flashes, but... He's disappeared in the two big games. I, I think he's... And listen, it might be harsh. He's a young... He's still a young boy with a lot of potential, but his performance is coming on. You know, when he's came off the bench... But even he started a few of these big games, I think he's been really poor in terms of his game awareness and protection of the ball and you know, keeping possession and stuff like that. And it was the same last night when he came on. Um, so again, that's a that's a worry, is that the subs that are coming on are actually making the team weaker. A team that, as Andy says, is actually the team for four years ago. That That's a big problem. Right, we'll delve a bit deeper into the recruitment in a wee bit, right? But I mean, just to talk about the here and now, you're talking about the squad that they've got. We're talking about false dawns and the difficulties awaiting them in the Champions League with these games to come, okay? Five points behind Celtic in the league. Dundee United at home on Saturday. How how do you see this panning out now? I mean, how, how do you... Uh, Dundee United at home, Rangers are heavy odds on to win. But the following week or the following league game after the international break, away to Hearts, right? I mean, do you have any confidence in them being able to go to Tynecastle on that Saturday lunchtime and get to be able to produce the kind of performance that they produced early on last night? Or could you see them slipping up? And if they slip up again before Celtic slip up, I mean, where, where is it? If they're not 
able to put a, a run together, a, a real long run of wins. How how can Van Bronckhurst get us back? Well, you, you know they're capable of going to Tynecast on winning. No, they've done that before. This team, this squad, whatever we say, but it should still be good enough to go to Tynecast on win. But in the evidence of this season so far, away from home, they've been poor. So, have you get no? Have you get confidence that they'll go to Tynecast on win? No, really. And the bigger picture, no. Where does this go? I think it. At this moment in time, and listen, football can change very quickly, as we know. But at this moment in time, even five points behind, it's extremely difficult to see Rangers going on and winning this, winning this title. I mean, they'll do well now to get back and make it a real competitive title race. And I know there's three old firm games to go in the season, long, long way to go. But with everything that's happened so far this season, looking at the recruitment, the players that they've brought in, I think it's very, very difficult to see Rangers at this stage going and mounting a, a serious title challenge and, and, and winning this league. I mean, I, I still think that squad needs needs strengthened. I mean, obviously people are crying out for that the the week of the transfer window, and the club chose not to make any more additions. But you know, given the way the recruitment's going, you you have to even if they did go out and make additions in January. I mean, I don't think you can have too much faith that they would maybe make the right signings because there's been no evidence of that so far. That you know the, the amount of money that has been spent and you know not got results, it's not produced results. I mean, look at the way that Celtic have been able to from basically having to rip up their squad to where they're at now. You know, okay, yeah, they get this a, a heavy defeat against Real Madrid, but for uh, 45 minutes against European champions were competitive. You know, they get a point last night, um probably you know some question marks there in terms of um you know again them you know Ange Postecoglou has not really achieved much in Europe so far um but domestically they just look streets ahead of Rangers and that that has got to be the concern that from a standing start Celtic have been able to rip things up and start again and be absolutely flying with Rangers having you know coming off of the the league one you know huge twenty five point winning margin um. Obviously, financially, they're still getting back on their feet, but they've, for what it looks like, they look like they've got money in the bank at the minute. They, they, they've made £100 million over the last year or so. Um, they keep telling us that they're, they're heading towards being um, you know, profitable. So why is the money not being spent to bring this squad back up to the levels where, OK, we know that Champions League is a big leap from where they were last year, even in the Europa League, but certainly in a domestic sense why are they so far behind a Celtic team that has you know basically been put together in the space of a year. So who so who takes the blame then? Is it, do you think is it is it Ross Wilson? Is it the board? Is it Van Bro- I mean because they may I mean Ross Wilson might point to the fact he brought seven players in. The fact none of them featured in the starting line he might say well that's not my fault. He might think they're good enough. He might he might say well they are they are good enough. Van Broncos may argue differently who takes the blame? Well, ultimately, for recruitment, Ross Wilson and the team below him, you no know, scouts and recruitment team, they have to take the blame. Surely, um, I mean, I'm trying to imagine how how you would feel, you know, if you were Ross Wilson or, or as part of the recruitment team sitting at that game last night, and you know that you've you've put forward 
they'll put forward they put forward loads of players, but no, you've pushed for them to sign seven players, none of them are in the starting lineup. Um the weakest part of Rangers team last night, even when they were playing well in the first half, was the left side of defence with Sands and Barisic. No, they were it was a problem from early on. And Rangers effectively spent ten million pounds in the summer to fix the left side of the defence after Bassey leaving. They covered two positions by getting Ben Davies and uh, Ridvan Yilmaz. Led to believe almost £10 million worth of talent. None of them uh, none of them start. None of them got off the bench. And to almost add insult to injury, the manager throws on an 18-year-old at left centre-back when, when Davies is still on the, still on the bench. I thought Van Bronckhorst's comments last night were really significant. Probably the first time. He got a bit touchy, didn't he? Yeah, but it's the first time he's addressed the issue. And I thought, I don't know what you took for those comments, but I took it from, I took from those comments that he was saying, listen, I've been, I've been given these players by, by the recruitment team. These are, no, this is what we could afford. This is what I've been given. I'm looking at them in training and they're not good enough, so I had to go back to... It says that he's picking on form. He's, he's yeah. picking on form, what he's seen in games and what he's seen in the training field. And clearly, what he's seen from these guys isn't enough. Otherwise, they would be in the team. Do you think... Do you think he picked that team to make a point? Or do you think... You know what I was thinking back to? I don't know if you ever remember that Celtic Rangers game at Ibrox when Brendan Rodgers played Cal McGregor at fullback and everybody at the time just said it was at a time when he was having a bit of issues over recruitment. Uh, obviously wanted players that he couldn't get, didn't feel that the board were uh, pushing the boat out enough and it was like he almost just made a point playing uh, McGregor at fullback. I think even Mikey Johnson may have played up front. Um, and it just seemed that he was making a point. Was Van Bronckhorst making a point or do you th- is that reading too much into it? I think that's maybe being a wee bit much in it, just purely because I think a game against Napoli in the Champions League is far too important to be, you know, trying to play politics with the board. What I think what he's saying is these guys who have been here for four or five years are the best players at the club. Mm-hmm. How you can naturally draw the, the conclusion, then therefore the guys who have come in this summer aren't yet or currently aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. Then of course you can draw that conclusion and. I think that's what everyone is saying. You know, everyone's looking at the, the signings and going. And I think you know, I was as guilty as anyone in saying that the signings over the summer look good. You know, on paper they all look good, but so far. And you have to say that fans. Yeah. You have, you have to say. That, I mean, Ross Wilson um, was criticised. You know, there was remember there was a period when it took a while to make a signing. Fans yeah. had in for Ross Wilson, and then there was a wee flurry of signings, and it was like, oh, Ross Wilson's brilliant. And now people are saying, well, he's you no know, now now the knives are out from again. Because the evidence is that a lot of these players are maybe not up to it. So, I mean, fans were praising him um, uh, for, for for long spells there, but it just seems to be now that the evidence has shown that they're not up to it. The question is, if these players aren't good enough, mm-hmm. where does it leave Rangers in January or next summer in terms of a squad that no, not that long ago, you're on that incredible European run, you're saying, God, the value in this squad, you, know, you could sell off four, five, six of them for big, big money, you know, you're including guys like Kent and Kamara and, and that, and they're obviously 
they've not been at it this season either. If these seven players, or the rec- the recruitment that was done this summer, if these players aren't good enough, no, how 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 do you fix that in January or, or on the summer? I mean, you're looking at Morelos and Kent as two big players who are going to be out a contract mm-hmm. next summer. You're looking at the goalkeeping situation. McGregor will surely this will be his last season. McLaughlin, I think. No, it's agreed that he's not good enough. So the next goal is Robbie McCrory. There's even a problem with McCrory, who's only got a year left in his deal and hasn't mm-hmm. he signed hasn't he signed another one? Mm-hmm. So your Davises will finish up. Question marks are Ryan Jack. I mean, talking about a rebuild, I mean it could be absolutely major upheaval. Um between January and, and next summer, if these guys are only good enough. Now, it's going to take a massive turnaround for suddenly Rabbi Matondo and Ben Davies and Rid Van Yilmaz and, and others. No, if they're going to become big players for Rangers, then fine. It might not be a big might not be as big an upheaval as you think, but they've not shown it yet. And if they don't show it quickly. And as we've touched on, Van Bronckhurst making the point last night, he doesn't think these guys are good enough. I think it leaves Rangers in a really bad position come come January and the summer in terms of what they do with that with that squad. Yeah, I was down at Kilmarnock last week and mm-hmm. talking to Derek McInnes and he was talking about how his squad for next year, he's only got two guys signed up. And rather than looking at that as a negative, he's looking at that as a positive because it allows him to really put a stamp on it. Obviously, he's going to have a lot of work to do recruitment-wise, but... He's looking at it saying, this is me a chance to build a squad the more image, essentially. Now, that might be very, very well the case for Angels next year. Because, you know, as you say, Kent Morelos are out of contract. Hal Anders out of contract, too. I think Ryan Jack, too, out of contract. Yep. So, you know, there's going to be space in the, the wage budget, certainly, to go out and replace guys. But that's only if the one they can find guys that they can get cheap enough or on freeze. And... The guys have to come and hit the ground running. You look at Celtic in the last year, they've, they've obviously signed you know, a lot of players, you know, 10, 15, 20 players maybe over the last year. How many of them have, have been out-and-out out flops or, or haven't worked out? I mean, you maybe look at James McCarthy hasn't worked out mm-hmm. given his fitness record. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Japanese boys uh, hasn't played much. Yeah, okay. Um, but aside from that, Every other player that they've brought in has come in and contributed some way. Mm-hmm. If you look at Rangers over the last the same period, yeah, how many guys have come in and have contributed? Yeah. The majority it's more like the majority haven't contributed, and there's the exceptions are the odd one or two that have have done like you know maybe even like Sands at least he's playing now. He wasn't really playing last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Lawrence looks a good addition uh, mm-hmm. when Fitt has obviously been injured. Um, you're looking at a few other ones. So you know that 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 is where Rangers really need to brush up that. If they're signing guys, they have to come in and uh, compete for places. They have to come in and be effective. They can't come in and just sit on the bench like we saw last night. Signing seven players and none of them starting one of your biggest games of your season just isn't sustainable. It's it's a waste of resources and it does nothing to build encouragement or confidence within the support that the club is heading in the right direction. The intriguing thing you've the intriguing thing about what you've said then and the Garden Celtic and Costa Cogla is that there's a good clutch of those players you feel are his players and guys that he knew mm-hmm. and he wanted or he identified 
well, sometimes before he got the job, or certainly once he was was in the job. I mean, I don't know about any of you. I don't look at any of the signings that have come in at Rangers and feel like they're Van Bronckhurst yeah. signings. I mean, maybe I'm being too simplistic, but it astonishes me that Van Bronckhurst from Holland, nobody from Holland. Obviously, no. went to Dutch market. just to make that point. Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I mean, it's, it's flabbergasting. Yeah. Aside for that, he's got Roy McKay as his assistant, mm -hmm. a Dutch legend, a legendary mm -hmm. Dutch striker. He's got Dave Voss there as assistant manager, um, head of youth at Ajax, who must have a extensive knowledge of young players all over Holland, the most, the most talented players. You think? You think the attraction of Rangers and Champions League and the size and stature of the club where you could go and you'd like to think you'd be able to go and attract a couple of these young younger players and Rangers haven't went to that market at all. I mean that I just find that astonishing. That to me, and I might be wrong, but that to me confirms that you know, Van Bronckhorst isn't the guy. He's not doing an Ange Postecoglou and saying, "Listen, I've worked with this guy in Japan." Played against him in Japan. I want to go and get him. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 there's a few others. To be fair, though, I mean, it's a lot easier to go and get somebody from Japan financially. Okay, you've got all the, you know, uh, work permit issues that you need to jump. You need the hoops that you need to jump through. But you know, financially, going and signing guys for Holland, especially if a transfer fee is required, as it means you saw with Joey Veerman. You know, there's yeah. a guy that you know Stephen Gerrard wanted and playing for a pretty small. Dutch club, but they were looking for upwards of ten million pounds for him. So I can understand that, but I think the Dave Voss situation is, is, is certainly something you think. When this is a guy who's been working with Ajax Youth Academy, he must have seen all the best young Dutch players coming through, and he'll know exactly which ones aren't um, tied down or on short-term short contracts, and they haven't really even explored that market yet. So I think we've seen what was it that they were was it somebody for Arnhem. Can't remember the boy's name back in January. Can you maybe remember? He's a captain, uh, the big. Uh, Daniel O'Dwyer class. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's about the only one that's been sort of yeah. in the last the last year. Yeah. And they couldn't get him. Mm. But I mean, was this not the idea? I mean, this was the whole point when Rangers sort of restructured, wasn't it? But bringing in a sporting director was that if you bring in the sporting director, and, you know, the manager doesn't quite work out then. But do you, do you get the feeling now, because there's serious questions been asked by fans now, I mean, the heat is sort of really on. Ross Wilson is under a lot of scrutiny, as is Van Bronckhurst. Do you get the sense something is going to have to give in the coming weeks and months? Well, if results don't improve, then of course. I mean, if they fall any further behind Celtic in the league, I mean, you're talking about that pressure, I mean, that's going to increase massively. Um, I think fans can accept you know, performances like that last night and you no, know, you get a Champions League defeat. You no, know, they're, they're in the toughest of groups. I mean, only the Barcelona, Bayern Munich and the Milan group would have, been, would have been equally as tough, I think, as the one they're in. I think fans are realistic. They didn't expect Rangers to go and you know, to go and top that group or, or even finish finish second. But they expect them to be competitive. And that's what they were last night. But if that doesn't continue for last night in terms of that level of performance, and as I say, if they fall further behind Celtic in the league, of course, something will have to give. You know, the, the board would be a dereliction of the, the board's duty if, if something didn't change because... 
you can't just keep doing the same things if it's not working. And it's going to be really interesting in terms of recruitment, in terms of these players that we're talking about, you know, how many of them play, you know, as Andy says, what contribution they make over the next few weeks. I mean, on Saturday, for instance, in Van Bronckhorst's head, he will want to change things up and give guys minutes and you know, people that played last night you know, to give them a rest and that. But I think by the same token, he'll be looking at it again and thinking, but can I rely on these guys? Can I rely on Matondo and Tillman and Yilmaz or, or, or whatever? I think he's, I think it's going to be a real, a real dilemma because, as I said earlier, I think when these guys have come into the team, the performance level automatically drops. Um, so if that continues and these guys don't play and if results don't go their way, then, of course, something will, something will have to give. And whether that's with the manager or whether it's with Ross Wilson, the recruitment department, but something will need to change because that, that can't continue. Andy, finally Dundee United on Saturday and then we finish up for the international break. Um, so we can all take a breather after that. Um, what do you think for a start? Is, uh, is Alan McGregor now back in possession for you, even if John McLaughlin's fit? Did he prove um, he is the man? No, Andy, Andy wants John McLaughlin. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, like, that's, 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 that's where Scott's trying to do a fast one. What? John oh, no. McGregor was the best goalkeeper. I could see why Gio Van Bronckhorst might change it. <laughs> But I've been saying, I think, I think I've been saying since. I mean, I even think since the game in Belgium where he lets the shot go through his hands, McLaughlin, that that was his. I, I, I started to have doubts then about certainly. I, mean, I thought, I said when we spoke about this in pre season, McGregor would play the big European games. I just thought what Van Bronckhorst might do is. Lesson his workload. I didn't expect him to bomb McGregor totally out as number one. Andy, you're tying yourself in knots. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Last night proves. I mean, what? I just I've got no idea how Giovanni Van Bronckhorst can look at Al McGregor's performance last night and not come to the conclusion that he's the best goalkeeper at the club. Because as much as a three 0 defeat, I mean, it had the potential to be five or six had McGregor, had McGregor not been on it. Maybe he makes a save early on for Simeone. He makes a great finger touch save in the second half. Um, he obviously saves the penalty twice. Um, and almost saves the third penalty. So um, for me, he's head and shoulders the best goalkeeper at the club. You can you can you know ask questions all you like about whether a forty year old goalkeeper. Um, whether he should have phased them out, but you know he's still clearly good enough for this level, and for me, he should be the number one. You look determined to make a point last yeah. night as well, Gav. You could see, honestly, you could see it in McGregor's eyes. He was, yeah. he knew that was his chance. He knew yeah. it was a chance to shut people up. He knew it was a chance to prove the manager wrong. I mean, honestly, just even before the penalty, I just felt he was going to save it. No, yeah. we both, both penalties. He just yeah. thought. And he's, I mean, he's a flat, he's a, an inch away for saving yeah. the third one. But even just taking aside his saves and, and, and what he offers just as a goalkeeper, you just wonder how much the defence has missed having somebody of his presence and that character yeah. behind them. We, we know, that's what we said when we spoke earlier in the season about who would play. You know, a lot of people kind of maybe read too much into that wobble that he had mid-season as if they were just kind of writing him off, you know, he was finished, you know. Well, we're only talking about a smaller short period, really, in the season. We weren't that kind of 
when Rangers had the wobble around the end of December, it was the Ross, the Ross County game, wasn't it, up there, yeah, yeah. December or January, whenever it was, but, you know, there was so much emphasis on that, and maybe too much. I think he drives standards, Gav, defensively, yeah. I think. Listen, I don't know, if, I don't know for certain, I've not asked these players, but I, I just, I'm convinced that Connor, guys like Connor Goldson, yeah. James Tavernier, I just think they'd feel they feel more secure yeah. with McGregor behind them. I think I get the feeling again. This is just conjecture, but I get, I get the feeling he's he's maybe he's maybe a better communicator. I think he demands more from them. Um, no, he looks more vocal than than McLaughlin. I don't listen. McGregor, he's a legend there. He's not going to be scared to, um, you know, to tell people how it is if they've made a mistake or they're not at it or they're not up to the, the standard. I just think. Speak to him that's played with McGregor, and we've we've all spoken to loads of guys that've been in, you no, know, been in teams with him. He just drives those those standards, doesn't accept anything less. And I thought it was the same last night. And I agree with Andy. Even take the penalty, even take the penalty saves out yet. There was a couple of saves in that game that yeah. I think only Alan McGregor would make. Um, and as I say, the result the result could have been worse. And is somebody unlike Andy that said McGregor's to be in for the start of the season? I feel fully vindicated. Once we end this, we'll just go back. It was July the 29th, I think, two days, two days before the season kicked off. I remember having that conversation. <laughs> You said John McLaughlin was a man, so that's... Uh, no, 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 no. That's not yeah. having us at all. Okay, right, so Dundee United, and then we've got an international break, then we'll be back, and then you'll probably be going to Anfield, so... I think uh, I'll be in Anfield, are you, yeah? Well, kind of looking at hotels. Right, okay. Okay, right. Well, we'll catch up again that first week in October after the international break. So, thanks for your time. Enjoy the game on Saturday. And we'll Cheers, Gav. Cheers, Gav. Cheers, bye.